Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. And the lady at the rental office told me that she removed my name from the application and moved me to an occupant. I didn't need any residence for any probation reasons. I had my own home. This is the plaintiff, Yolanda Tisdale. She says the defendant is her ex-live-in lover, and he owes her for half the bills in the place they once shared. She couldn't mentally handle living with this guy, is relieved to be rid of him, and is suing for the $1,054.25 she says she's owed. This is the defendant, Alan Abney. He says he paid his half of the bills from the time they moved in together to the time they terminated their lease. The only reason the plaintiff is suing him is because he moved on to a younger woman who he had a baby with and she's jealous. He's accused of leaving an ex high and dry. All parties, please hit your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn in, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay. Ms. Tisdale. You are suing Mr. Abney, your former boyfriend, for $1,054.24 that you say he owes you as the other half of the final bill from where you live together. Talk, talk to me and tell me what the arrangement was between you folks. You dated for how long? Uh, just over a year. And you ended up moving in together? So we met in January 2019. Uh, things moved rather quickly. He moved into my apartment. Um, but he came with a puppy, so we needed a larger apartment for my son and him and a puppy. So we got a townhouse together. And how old was your son? Uh, Eleven. Okay. So you got a townhouse together in April. What does that phrase mean? That we went into it because it was higher than the current rent I was paying on my own. And we decided we would split the bills. I cannot afford that on my own. So that was talked about up front prior to even moving. All right. So were both of your names on the lease? My name was on the lease. Alan was on there as a occupant. Okay. And why is that? Um, during the online process, I didn't see where it said co-applicant. So after, it was a couple of weeks or so prior to moving in, um, I, he needed to be added for 
probation reasons. So he needed to have residency and show that he could live there. But, but back up. Okay. If the two of you are getting the place together, I'm just curious. Don't, don't worry about the legal effect it'll have because the legal effect it'll have is zero. I'm just trying okay. to understand why both of you didn't just sign the lease. Then both of you are on the hook to the landlord. So what thinking went right. into not having him on the lease? There was no spot online. I didn't see where I can add another applicant when I did the online application. All right. Well, whatever. So then, but the deal between you two was what? That you would split it right in half? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So that would mean that each of you would pay how much per month? So it would have been six fifty. Mm-hmm. The rent was thirteen hundred, so uh-huh. six fifty. Mm-hmm. Then there's an additional uh, townhouse fee with uh, water, gas, and cable. Mm-hmm. That was around fifty four dollars a month. And then there was a separate entity of uh, our genie and Spectrum, which averaged a piece. It would have been a total like $50 a piece from both of us. Okay, so Mr. Abney, according to Yolanda, you're supposed to be paying half of the rent and half of the bills. When you guys break up, had you been paying half of the bills? Uh, Yes, I always paid half the bills. I think, uh, can I go back to the, uh, what she said? Yeah. Okay. So uh, we met and we went out. I had my own home that I owned, that I own a deed to, the title to. And yes, I have a puppy. She had her own apartment. She had uh, an issue where she was going to be out of work for like 90 days because she was facing a surgery. I agreed to leave my house and move in with her to help her take care and to help with that. And her, she was not going to receive her full paycheck. She was only going to receive like 50% of her pay for that period. And, 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 uh, I, I, I liked her. We had a great friendship and this was my way of, of showing her that I was all in. Okay. And we moved in together. I, I had a house and she had an apartment. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you don't have I to repeat that. I got that. So she has yeah. the surgery, you take care of her. And in your eyes after that, she didn't need you anymore. Well, well, I can say that after that, she changed. We filled out the application together. I have a copy of the application. And the lady at the rental office told me that she removed my name from the application and moved me to an occupant. I didn't need any residence for any probation reasons. I had my own home. You understand? I, I walked off three years probation and I got off of probation in December after doing 15 years okay. in a federal were you, prison. Were you, oh, what'd you do 15 years in a federal prison for? For selling firearms. And I was fresh out of prison when I met her. Okay. Uh, I, I might've been a little naive. I admit 15 years you are, you do want friendship. You do want the company of a woman. And uh, I'm not saying she took advantage of that or anything. But but I was there for her. Okay. can I ask you something? Because I'm not really a therapist. I'm trying to figure out if you owe her money. She claims that you owe her money for the bills. Had you been paying the bills? I I gave her I think uh, our bills total came to like eighteen hundred dollars a month. I know I was required to give her nine hundred dollars a month and I never paid the bills. She did. Okay, so So, she would be the one who would actually pay him. But. $650 Six fifty represents your rent, and then according to you, you gave her nine hundred dollars every month. Uh, more than more, yes, nine hundred dollars every month. But okay, you gotta, you and that was to, supposed uh, to cover the bills. Yes. Now I'm a little nervous, and I don't want to sound like I don't know what I'm talking about, because never in my life did I expect or know that I owed her anything. Because I've talked to her and seen her since we moved out. She has 
she when I when she she left, she abandoned the lease. She left a month early. She told me she was three months behind on her car payment. I gave her the money. Two weeks later, she was gone. I stayed in the house. I worked with the property management company. I still rent from them. I have a new apartment from them. She left a month early. But why did I thought you said you owned your own place and you didn't need it? I didn't. Oh, well, in the process, I sold that house. Okay. All right. So, Ms. Tisdale, tell me, uh, when was the lease supposed to end? April 19th, 2020. Okay. And then he says you abandoned the lease. When did that happen? I told him, as well as the complex, that I was moving out. On the 3rd, I told them I'm moving out. 3rd of what? The 3rd of April. I advised them I'll be moving out April 24th. And when did you move out, is my question. April 24th. All right. Did you pay the month of April? I did not. Did he pay the month of April? He did not. All right. So then you end up getting a bill because you because you speak to the management company and you say we've got to settle this up. And then the bill the management company gives you has April rent and then it's cable and a fee for insurance noncompliant. So did they take any of the security deposit, Mr. Abney? Uh, Well, when I went to talk to them to to try to uh, rectify the matter. They told me that I was not a leaseholder and they could not speak to me. Let me ask you this. How much of a security deposit did you put towards this apartment? I paid the first I paid the first month rent and a security deposit. How much of a security deposit did you put towards this department? I think I think it it was like eight hundred dollars or something. Did you put any of the security deposit up or did he put the whole thing? He did the full security deposit. Okay, I got it. The security deposit was three hundred. Oh no, it was not. Let's see. Show me the lease. Do you have the lease? Yes. Okay. Can you please hold it up to the screen? Okay. Can I grab it, please? Yeah, grab it and put it up to the camera. Show me the lease. And now uh, what I want is to see the part that talks about the security deposit. All right. So I I see that it says three hundred dollars. What I'm not understanding is if, in fact, the the rent is twelve ninety nine for April. Why are they charging four forty, Miss Tisdale, on the move out sheet? It looks to me like they took the other eight hundred from somewhere. Sir, do you have a receipt for the security deposit that you paid? No, but you're looking. Do you? Yes or no. Do you have a receipt for the security deposit you paid? Uh, uh, No, ma'am. Okay. I didn't know I needed it. Do you have a receipt, Ms. Tisdale, for the security deposit that he paid? Yes. And it okay. says security Is this deposit. when you guys moved in, 41919? Yes. Yep. Yes. Okay. Well, pro rate 52760, 300 security deposit. Well, it looks like there was a 300 security deposit, but all that should be credited to him because he's the guy who paid it. You didn't pay any of the security deposits. So at a minimum, the 300 went to paying down rent. But you're trying to split April rent, but he already put 300 towards it, didn't he? Yeah. He he did not pay the 527 uh, prorated rent. I paid 527, and he paid the 300 dollars security deposit. Okay, let me understand from you, Mr. Abney, why it is that you feel that you should not have to pay these charges, which is what the management company says you owed as a couple living there. 210849. She's trying to get from you half of that twenty one oh eight forty nine. And what's your answer to that? Uh, well, my answer to that is I always gave her what I was supposed to give her. I have so here's what I want to understand. You're well, saying, well, I would give her money every month and it was more than six fifty. But I've looked at the cash apps and 
it's not more than 650 when I look at the cash apps. So uh, do you have other cash app evidence you want me to look at or any other proof of what you're saying? Because it looks like nobody was paying the cable or any of this stuff for since Jan- well, but since January. He didn't pay. I had to t- absorb the cost myself. So you can see some months I never even got 650 from Allen. So some months I never got cable and our genie from Allen. So I had to pay it myself. I am looking at the bill from the management company that says that cable wasn't paid in 2019 in December. And it charges you for the cable. So when you say you're paying stuff, apparently not because it's still on here. So, Mr. Abney, what I want to hear from you is proof that you paid bills and she just is pocketing your money and not paying the bills with it. I know she pocketed the money because the, this is the when I, this is the first time I ever seen the whole breakdown. It, that means she was giving them money and wasn't allocating the funds to where they were supposed to go. And now at the end of the lease, she's saying we owe on rent. No, you might owe for your cable or, or you know what I mean, or for something else that you was responsible for. You understand? Because you didn't allocate the funds and, and pinpoint where That's they were supposed fine. to be paid. I, I'm with you. If you can prove what you're saying, you're 100% right. Mm-hmm. If you're giving yeah. her 650 and then you're giving her more money for the other for the half of the bills that the household has, then she yeah. should be using it to pay bills. I agree with you. you know, she- All I need you to do now, besides tell me how she broke your heart, is show me that you were paying my- the bills. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Yeah, I gave her the money. I know. I gave her the money. How did you give it to her? In cash? Sometimes she had my bank card. Sometimes uh, uh, I would give it to her in cash. Okay, can you just just prove that for me? Uh, Prove that. Ask her. Okay, watch this. Was he paying the bills? And are you double dipping now? No. Okay, so that didn't work very well. So when I've looked at all of the cash apps, all I see is that you were paying rent. And when I look at the bill from December of 2019, October of 2019, there's a bunch of bills that nobody was paying because that's why they're on the final bill. Because because Miss Million, let me tell you what happened. Judge Million. What she did, Judge Judge Million, I'm very That's okay. That's right. What she did was, I'm telling you what she did. In, In December, she went and took, she went and bought furniture, brand new furniture, and didn't pay any bills. This was the furniture she was planning on taking with her. She, she, and then when the, uh, two weeks before she left, she got money. She told me she was three months behind on her car payment. And I couldn't believe it because I know that this is a person that always tried to pay her bills on time. When I gave her that money, she was gone. Okay, now I'm not going to get into any personal details and and reveal anything. I still have a family and things like that. And I want to I don't want to embarrass them any more than I have already embarrassed. Can I ask you something, Ms. Tisdale? At any point in time, I'm looking at some texts. Did he agree to pay this money? He agreed to pay April. I didn't have that final bill at that time. There was a text that I sent you 
that when I said, are you going to stay or pay? And he agreed to it. Are you still planning on leasing it in your name? Have you found another apartment? I'm going to re-sign the lease. If I am denied, I have another apartment June 1st. Are you going to pay the rent at 312 until then? Yes. Blah, 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 blah. All right. It looks to me like this is really something that you're supposed to share. And I'm, in fact, going to order you to pay your half of it because I do not see a single bit of proof that you or she, frankly, paid bills. Um, That's why they're on this bill with the management company. But I looked at every cash app that you sent her. You you provided zero of them. She provided a lot of them. And I sat there and did the math. And what they cover is the rent. So if you were paying other other monies, I just need to see some proof of that because she says, no, you weren't. And I can tell that, no, she wasn't either. Maybe because she bought new furniture. I don't know the reason why. I do know that here is a bill. I have two people who are equal partners, in your own words, at the beginning of the answer to your complaint. And equal partners have to pay the bill equally. So I am finding in favor of the plaintiff in the amount of $1,054.25. Good luck, folks. Well, the plaintiff was shaking her head after the judge announced the verdict. I don't know why, because she was awarded everything she was seeking, $1,054. The one who should have been shaking his head was Mr. Abney. What are you thinking, Mr. Abney? Well, I'm thinking that uh, I don't think that the judge really took into consideration that this young lady abandoned a lease. And not only that, you're supposed to give a rental agency at least 60 days notice if you're going to resign or nothing. And and I sent in all the evidence where the plaintiff actually told me she renewed the lease, but then she abandoned the property and left me without a place to stay after she took me off the lease, making me an occupant, and then me having to scramble to find a place in two weeks. Well, the bottom line is the judge found for the def- for the plaintiff, and, uh, you know, you're on the hook to pay her half of it, at least $1,054, well, and that's her decision. So- uh, Ms. Tisdale, let me ask her what she's feeling right now. You were shaking your head after the decision. Why? I couldn't believe the uh, theatrics. That's all. But I'm happy. Um, and thank God I the verdict came in on my favor. That's it. All right. Very good. It's all over between you two, obviously, right? Absolutely. For Absolutely. Sure. All right. Thank you very much. Congratulations. All right, Harvey. Doug, it seems uncomfortable to do this, but it is so necessary. If you are involved with someone and you move in with them, you gotta set the financial ground rules of who is responsible for what. And you gotta do it in writing. And if you think, oh God, they're not gonna like me if I do it, guess what? They're gonna like you less if you end up in court and the whole thing blows up. A neighbor has placed a rope swing on a branch from our tree, but the branch hangs over their property. We have no issue with the swing, but we worry that if the branch breaks and someone gets hurt, they're going to sue us. Can they do that? No, they can't do that because they're the ones who put the tree swing. There's nothing better than a tree swing, is there? No, they're wonderful. They're (laughs) so much fun. We used to go to one all the time, and it actually wasn't on our property. No, it was on a a field, and it was a really tall tree, and some clever person— 30 feet from the ground. 30 feet in the—it was the most fun tree swing ever. And when you you hang it that high, you get a really long throw. Long Long throw. throw. And the the two older kids got to—the little one uh, doesn't remember it and gets very angry when we talk about it. But anyway, so no, that is a tree swing that your neighbor hung. If there's any risk— 
involved that is a risk that they created. Right. And uh, and if the branch is over their property, you can't even go over there and cut it down if no, you, you want can't. to. Right. You can't. I You're going to have to work that this out. Would be trespassing. You. So you'd have to have their permission to do it. Right. And I wouldn't worry about it. I mean. Right. And, and, and the, the common law rule, we do see cases where trees are, are either hanging out over a road from somebody's property or on someone else's lot from their property and they fall and people get seriously injured. I mean, you can ask the, the governor of Texas about that because it happened to him. And the common law rule that's the same in every state is a homeowner, a landowner is not going to have liability for something like that unless they knew or should have known that, that the this was, was a diseased, diseased damaged, yeah, dam- dangerous right. tree somehow. I mean, what I might do, I might, you know, kind of type up a quick waiver that says I, I hold, right. I will not hold you responsible for right. any, any damage should, you know, that, that wouldn't hurt. It's would kind it? it's kind of very lawyerly to do to your right. neighbor, but right. Because I mean, the bottom line is anybody can sue anybody for anything right. in this country. And it's like uh, in a case like that, are you going to get it knocked out right away on a motion to dismiss? Probably not, because um, you know, as a plaintiff, if I'm suing you for it, your first thing as a defendant is going to be to come in and say, oh, I, at your deposition, I looked at that tree every day. There was nothing wrong with it. I didn't see any evidence that it was ever rotted, damaged, hurt, hit by lightning, anything. And then it's going to be incumbent on a plaintiff to come in and say, uh, so it's oh, a good I idea. have an expert. My expert says that. that. Yeah. So, so it's better right. to just write something out that says, I, I, I will not hold you responsible for any accidents resulting from the tree swing. Have them sign it. Put it in your pocket. Yeah, keep Stay it in done. your back pocket in right. case you need to play that card someday. Right. Right? Right. These are the plaintiffs, Andrea and David. Andrea says she gave the defendant a $2,000 deposit for their son's bar mitzvah, which was canceled due to no fault of their own, and the guy won't return their money. They're not about to walk away from two grand and are suing for just that today. This is the defendant, Malcolm Sillers. He says the plaintiffs are trying to back out of having their son's bar mitzvah party and are trying to use the pandemic as an excuse. He was able to accommodate the 120 guests they plan to have. He has no duty to return the plaintiff's deposit and chose not to. He's accused of not budging. All parties, please raise your right hands. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay. Uh, Ms. Andrea, Mr. David, uh, you are suing the venue that Mr. Sillers is the general manager of for $2,000 of a deposit that you gave them that you say they must return because COVID, COVID, COVID. Let's talk about it. Uh, Who wants to talk to me first, Andrea or David? Oh, Andrea is the speaker. Okay, Andrea is the speaker. Oh, that's good to know yourself. Go ahead. Um, well, basically, in October 2019, we went and we saw the venue for having our son's bar mitzvah there. And we loved the place. And my son loved the place. And so we decided to book the date. Okay. Um, and what kind time. of place is it? It's like a nightclub, basically. It okay. used to be a nightclub. Okay. And that's sort of the format our son is a break dancer and he's really into dancing. So he was okay. super excited. Yeah. All right. So then what happens? So that was 20, uh, October, 2019. Um, of course, then the pandemic and COVID, COVID, COVID became part of our vocabulary. Um, 
in 2020 and we, you know, everyone was saying, oh, it's going to be fine by May. It's, and we were relieved because our date was in February 2021. So we held off for a little bit and things got a little bit better over the summer and then they got a lot worse. Um, and in October, it became pretty apparent that we couldn't um, have the party that we wanted. Um, and it was February and we were not even going into people's houses. It was, you know, scary time and people weren't vaccinated or anything yet. So we decided in October of 2020 that we were going to cancel the event. And so I emailed Malcolm and um, informed him of that. And what did he say? So he, I asked about the deposit um, and he called me back, left a voicemail confirming the, that, that we had canceled and saying that the, re, the deposit was not refundable under any circumstances. Okay. And what did you say? I said, well, I don't think that, you know, when you put that policy in place that you considered um, these kind of extraordinary circumstances and so that I think that we should get the, ref- you know, the deposit back. Um, he, we sa- he said that we could reschedule um, the bar mitzvah, but our son had been studying and he was really, it was important to him to have it on the date that he was supposed to. And we didn't even know when we could even reschedule for with everything so uncertain and up in the air. So we did not want to do that. Um, Mr. Sillers, tell me in February of 2021, what exactly was the status of things in terms of parties? Well, based on I guess the exhibit I sent you, which is on number six, the state of New Jersey, uh, as of October, was 25% of our occupancy, uh, maximum 150 people for religious celebrations. And so therefore we were able to do their party, but like a lot of clients, people are uncomfortable. So we were offering to do, to move a party. And then we moved hundreds of parties clients. Did you have any 150 uh, person parties in February? Uh, we did not. No, we did, moved most of our parties. Did you have any in March? No, we did not. Have you had any since the pandemic began? We've had probably about five parties total, smaller and, parties, 80 people, 100 people. And when you say that uh, at 25% capacity, you could accommodate them, how can you accommodate them? They would have to be six feet apart. The tables would have to be separated. How how would it work out? Uh, our venue holds 1,300 people. On different levels or all in the same place? We have two different floors, but it was but it's open to below. But the idea is, uh, well, we, the party itself doesn't have to be the same. A lot of people are now doing parties, not the same day as the actual service. They're celebrating at a different time. I've moved people three, four times already. It's, you know, during these crazy times. And even though our deposit says non-transferable, of course we're transferring parties. We would even do a different type of party. We would do a different, you know, birthday party. I've moved Sweet 16s to Spectacular 17s. I love that. And I've done... I I just hold on. I want to hold on to that a second. (laughs) Because I'm a big believer in trying to take back everything that you can that COVID has taken. Sweet 16 to Spectacular Spectacular 17. 17. 
I am in the midst of planning a faux prom for one of my two <laughs> 2020 graduates. Uh, and and a school. Yeah, no, it's Miami. I have a better location. It's in Miami at their high school. But, uh, you know, and then and then you feel like a jerk complaining because there's so many people with health issues and who have lost loved ones. But. You know, the pain is real yeah. of a lost year, you know, a bar mitzvah. I had a high school graduation, a college graduation. I, I have to say that I do disagree with the concept that under no circumstances would a uh, deposit ever be refundable. There are circumstances where it would be, such as circumstances where you can't have the party. Now, what he's saying is actually, what Mr. Sillers is saying is actually a new one on us, because as time progresses that we're doing these trials, the parties that people are suing about are later and later in time. That when I would have a lawsuit and the party was, you know, May of 2020, it was pretty clear that the venue couldn't do anything. And then But now we're talking about as time has worn on and these trials that I'm doing are now parties from February 2021 now. And he's saying, well, we could have the party. It's not the party you envisioned, but the party can be had. So what say you in response to that? Either Andrea or David, whoever wants to respond or if both of you want to respond. Um, No, I'll respond. Okay. Um, so, David, are you allowed to talk ever? Or you basically? I, I will say, I will say, I just got my vaccine, my second shot, a few weeks ago. I just saw my father for the first time in a year. You know, there's a lot of that stuff. I know that we can do now, but we couldn't do it in February. So, right. I, so, let me I just mean, say, I have a mother who's a Cuban, who's 95. If I didn't see her in a year. I, I ended up, and everybody everybody does what they're comfortable with. I was scared to death, but we, I would see my mother outside in Florida, 10 feet away. Um, and, and the minute I walked into the house with the mask, all she would say is, what's that thing on your face? And then I would say, it's a mask. And she would say, why are you wearing a mask in my house? And I would say, because pandemic. And then she would say... Where is there a pandemic? I said, the whole world, mom. That's why it's called a pandemic. And then she would say, but there's no pandemic in this house. I said, no, mom, but the elderly are very fragile. And they're, you're the She goes, who's elderly here? That's oh, how boy. it would right end with the Who's on first? What's on second? That happened because, you know, she's 95. So I hope she's not watching right now. But anyway, so I know. Wow. I know. It's, it, it stinks. It's not what we had in mind. Right. But I, I have so- a contracts case in front of me. So what would the party have looked like, Mr. Sillers? Exactly what would it have looked like? Well, it could look like whatever whatever they would be comfortable with. Well, no, uh, I'm asking you're, you're, what was permissible. If, if at the time New Jersey would allow you to be at 25%, then that would mean what? Let's say they were well, all game nobody, and they wanted to do the party. No, Tell me how it would have looked. What we would do is we'd have to put seating. We'd have to change our seating because we're more lounge. We were a nightclub. Now we are a banquet venue. We're strictly banquets, but we were a nightclub, so it's very loungy. So we would have to put more formal seating in and tables of eights and tents around. And and is that we, a pivot have, that you had to do because of COVID? Yes. Okay. Because most people that come to our venue want the lounge furniture, want it more loungy, more dancing. We would put tables on the dance floor. Uh, we would spread people out. We could put the adults upstairs, the children downstairs. You can still see the children. You can overlook. It's open to below. So it's different scenarios for what the client wants at that point. 
Um, but what the client wants that, is a dance, a dance party in a lounge. That's really what the client wants, right? That's, well, what, that's they, what the world wants. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's what they bargained for. And then all of a sudden it's got to be separate tables and the adults in one place. And the, I'm doing parties outside. You're under, under a tent for other clients. Yeah. I didn't want to do it inside. I've moved parties till 2023. That's a little hard. Now, I'm a big fan of that, but that's a little bit that could be a little harder. You don't really want to have your um, bar mitzvah when you're 14 or right. I don't know. Well, no, a different type party, like a birthday party, a kid's party. You know, we try to accommodate different scenarios for different clients. But the reason why it's non-refundable is because the day when they booked, we blocked out that date. So anyone else who inquired about that day was taken. So we had no options business wise. Well, you wouldn't have had that, if COVID someone else had right. But I mean, if someone else had had booked that date, they also would be in this position and trying to figure things out. Now, it's not exactly what they had hired you to do. You know, they didn't want tables and people unable to dance. And, and because you would still it would be at 25 percent capacity. And what? I guess you would dance really far from each other. Let me hear from you, Andrea. You're busting at the seams. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Governor Murphy made it clear that dance floors were not open. Um, Wait, wait, wait. I don't care who the governor is. He's not going to tell me that I can't dance. Okay? I'm going to tie him down and dance in front of him for an hour if he tries that. You can still dance. He just doesn't want, like, bars and dance floors. Like, there's there's no inviting of that atmosphere. I get that. I know what you're saying. But when you say he made it clear, how did he make it clear that we're not allowed to dance? Well, there's um, some explanations of his executive orders on the New Jersey State website. And I sent you... um, as an exhibit where he is quoted saying that dancing is not permitted. I mean, obviously. Wait, 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 wait. No, I I need to see that. Hold on. Okay. So in January, your governor outlawed dance floors. I thought this was America. Wait, let me say that right. I thought this was America. All right. It's footless all over again. Yeah. What the heck is going on? 25% capacity with a maximum of 150 people. No dance floors. Yours is the best of these cases I've seen, Mr. Sillers. Let me just tell you. You've given me a run for my money. I am interested in hearing you address this. Can you really say that you could comply with your end of the bargain if what you had always been is a dance, you know, venue, uh, loungy, and all of a sudden the governor says, no dance floors for anybody. Um... I mean, if there's no dance floors, it means they can't dance, right? I mean, you can't be providing something that looks like a dance floor when the governor says no dance floors. Uh, so do you really think that the kid wants a wedding when it was supposed to be a bar mitzvah? Wedding? I wouldn't even call it a wedding if there's no dancing, but... Your Honor, I could, I could, I've done formal seatings for different types of parties. Yeah, but he's 13. We've done do you have seating. A third, have you had, do you have children? My, my children have four legs. Have you ever seen a kid who could break dance at his bar mitzvah? Because I went to a bar mitzvah once where the young man 
known as Jake, was breakdancing all over the floor. No, we're just going to have a nice sit down and the tables are going to be six feet apart and there's no dancing allowed because the governor says so. Wow. Can't do it, Mr. Sillers. Can't do it. It's not the party they bargained with you for, and I'm ordering you to return the $2,000 to Aunt Ms. Andrea and Mr. David. Good luck, folks. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chase. Well, the plaintiffs are going to get their money back. Mr. Sellers, how do you feel about that? Well, I'm a little disappointed in the decision uh, based on two facts that, one, the contract says that the deposit is reduced non-refundable and two that based on the state of new jersey i was allowed to do their party um i thought it was just an unfair decision i may have to take this to the supreme well. court <laughs> well i don't think that's possible not now anyway the judge ruled I'll, I'll uh, you lost so i'm sorry about that on the other hand uh, andrea and david are probably happy about the decision how about it guys yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's the right decision. I think it was uh, just we hadn't we bargained for a dance party. Um, our son's big into break dancing. He would have been all over the floor, um, and it just wasn't possible. And he it, couldn't foresee having his bar mitzvah. Who knows knows when? Age fifteen or so, given the you know the pandemic. So what do you will he will he have a dance party ever or a bar mitzvah party ever or what? We ended up having a socially distanced, you know, snowball fight in the yard on um, <laughs> on the date of his bar mitzvah after the service. Um, it was special, but it definitely was not what he had pictured. All right, Harvey. See, if you stick to your guns, go to court, you might win, right? So, Doug, look, we are in a different world these days with this pandemic that seems to come and go. And when we think it's gone, it comes back. And because of that, if you are planning any kind of event, a party, a wedding, a bar mitzvah, anything, you got to consider the fact that this pandemic could resurface even if it subsides when you make the deal. And you've got to provide for that when you draw up the contract. And specifically, you have to say when you're entitled to cancel and get your deposit back. Is it based on what the CDC says? Is it based on your own comfort level? Whatever it is, you have to memorialize it in the contract. We weren't dealing with something like this up until a couple of years ago, but this is now a reality. College stories. Are you still friends with your college roommates? Am I still friends with my college roommates? Yeah, I'm yes. good friends with them. My brother and my parents. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't were have at college home. roommates. You lived at home when you were in college, home. right? I home. I'm very close to my law school and You were chaperone until your graduation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? everybody knows. <laughs> but um, I am very, very close to my law school friends exactly. still. We, we had dinner with a couple of them last night. We just had dinner with some last night, right. and right. we get together you know, uh, very often, probably at least once a year with all of my law school friends which is a nice group. It's about a group of six people, women and men, who right. have you just made stayed those, tight. You made the more intense connections in law school than I did. did I did, because that was my going away to college, right. really. How about you? I do remember one incident that was kind of interesting. Um, one afternoon, my friend uh, Big Ray, one of my roommates, Big Ray, decides he wants to hitchhike to Cleveland. Oh so I said, well, I, we were in Boston. We were at Boston College. So I said, yeah, I'll go with you, Big Ray. I'll go to Cleveland, right? Never been there. So uh, we hitchhiked west on the Massachusetts Turnpike, and we both fell asleep in the back of a panel van. Where was your and mother? Wait a minute, wait a minute, let me finish. We wake up, and it's morning, and we're in White Plains, New York, right? 
And this guy's pulling over to let us out. But it, well, seriously, that's like, my trip to Cleveland. That, that, but <laughs> and, and, and there's nothing more fun than sitting with your college roommates uh, and friends and hearing the ridiculous stuff you did. I, I would know, never have given you a second look if I had met you back I then. Know, right. Because you were kind of. You know what? They say you can't step in the same river twice. Well, when you met me, I was a different river. You, you, when, Thank God for that. Mm. It, it, yeah. Right. Yeah. You, thank God that I met you a good, good you know, 10 years later because right. the, you needed those 10 years to kind of mature. Definitely. <laughs> and that's going to do it for this session of the People's Court. And we will see you next time.